listening to The Jim Show. I hope Jacob knows what he's getting himself into. This is Make a Break Time. Live from New York. I mean, this is a big deal. This is going to get millions of views. Jacob Koopman Show, episode 34. I'm your host, Jacob Koopman, the Jewish jawline, the soundboard god, bar mitzvah blitzer, uh, caffeine poppy. We do, uh, Pete, we got to give you some nicknames now that you're a, a co-host, an official co-host on the podcast. Yeah, I know. You rattled off those names so fast. I couldn't even get through. I, I knew the Jewish jawline and the soundboard god, but I didn't know the other two. Is this, can this show, can, I don't know. I have them, I have them on the back. I think I just wanted to work on camera. I have them yeah. on the back of my shirt. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, you know, you got to see my face when, when you look back at that. I was like, what the, what the hell is this man doing? <laughs> that's how I know them so well. I have them on the back of my shirt. It's like a Jersey. We got to get, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We got to make you some, some nicknames and then we got to get you a Jersey so we can do Jersey swaps. I'm telling you, bro, I'm always wearing jerseys as, as right now. I'm wearing my Oakland A's jersey, so. I would always wear it, even when I wasn't on. I'd sleep in it. I'd wear it in the shower. I'd do anything. I have, like, any excuse I have to wear this shirt, I always wear it because it's free press. I actually, so one of the Israeli soldiers, I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit. I went to Israel, took about a 10-day trip, and I'm feeling re-energized and ready to go. But we did a jersey swap. She, I keep, why do I keep saying swap? Swap. We did a jersey swap. She gave me her IDF hoodie, and I gave her the official Jacob Koopman Show crew neck and then signed the back because she wanted me to. That is the closest I've ever felt to being a, a celebrity. Bro, you're like a rock star over there. You were telling me things. You're like, we have Israeli fans and stuff, and I'm like, I'm looking at my texts. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. I'm like, that's so cool. Like, yeah, that, dude, a lot know, of Israelis like the show. Yeah, dude, like my, my old podcast, for instance, it was so funny. Real quick, I, I got a, a, an email one time and I thought it was fake. So I go on and it was like Anchor or something. They sent me an right. email and they were like, your podcast is the sixth highest ranking sports podcast in all of Afghanistan. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, all right. I'm like, that's really cool. Random. The sixth, really wait, cool. the sixth highest rated sports podcast in all of Afghanistan? In all of Afghanistan. Very interesting. So I told I told like my family and everything as like a joke. And for Christmas, my brother-in-law got me a shirt, a PTV sports shirt. And then on the back, it said number six in Afghanistan. That's so I got to wear it. For the, I got to wear it for like the net for like the next show or something. I still have it. It, it was great. The podcast no longer exists, but I, I just thought that was like the funniest thing. So, you know, the international uh, influence is running strong through your veins and mine, apparently. So, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be fourth in Japan, you know, second in Canada. Like, who knows what's going to happen with us? The second largest entertainment podcast in Canada. I will say it's about Afghanistan. I don't know what their national sport is, but not to disparage what you did. I don't know if they have like, the, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's an Afghani ESPN. So like you might have been I am the yeah. Afghani ESPN. Right. Yeah. You might have been their window to like professional sports here in the States. Yeah. I mean, who knows, but because uh, you know how Anchor gives you like the um, percentages and stuff, like yeah. where you're yeah. listening to. And it was like 90 percent U.S., but then like 8 percent Afghanistan. And I was like, that's actually a pretty decent size. And then like Germany was like number three. So I was very confused Germany. to the whole thing. That's, but OK, G- yeah, Germany. I mean, like because Germany has uh, with the Bundesliga. Germany has a Bundesliga and probably some other sports. So that's, I mean, that's actually uh, not to say that Afghanistan being number six in Afghanistan wasn't a, an achievement in itself, but you said number three in Germany. No, oh, no, no. They were third ranked on my anchor thing. 
yeah, yeah, yeah never but mind. still i was but like still, oh, no, it's pretty significant it was it was pretty funny and I, and the trend continues not to talk too much about myself because I, I i hate myself but no i'm just kidding but um now with this new podcast that i'm doing with my buddy dan uh there's only been three countries that we're live in so far but already india is one of the three that has popped up as as the most popular and i'm like i don't know what it is but like they love me in that air in that region so i'm just gonna keep riding with it <laughs> yeah when we when we did like a marketing push for the show back when nigel was still the co-host we did actually end up getting a lot of play weirdly enough in india in just all of like the southeast asian countries it was very interesting that, a, that whole area over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, like Eurasia, just that entire different, you know, like it, they seem to really gravitate to the show and they were leaving. They left comments, I think, in in I think that the language is. Uh, what, what is it? It's I think it's don't ask me. Uh, I don't want to seem uncultured, but. It was it was just like a, a completely different language, but they were leaving comments, which was interesting to me. I didn't know if, if English was, you know, maybe a second language over there because uh, I knew the prime they, they left the comment in their primary language. But yeah, but you just, can do the translation. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was so interesting to just see, you know, even people that not necessarily are, are from over here. They just still gravitated to the show. It's always interesting to me to see that. But a lot of people in Israel liked our stuff. I mean, like there was. We had a lot of uh, Israeli soldiers on us uh, with us on the trip, excuse me. And they all seemed to like they were playing it. You know, I, I showed it to a lot of people. I mean, most of the marketing was me just like cramming uh -huh. the podcast down people's throats and making them listen to it. But <laughs> a lot of them said that they continue to listen to it when uh, and hey. they asked me now when, when the, the next episode comes out and when it's released. So they seem to like it. That's fantastic, dude. I mean, listen, not to toot our own horn, because this is only the second official episode I've ever been on. But right. you yourself are a fantastic podcast host and a wonderful guest whenever you've been on. So you got the chops. All you need is the audience. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's funny. I thought that taking a break from the podcast would be... Not a death sentence, but, but I would have, you know, probably came back and wouldn't be as good as... I was when I left. I, I haven't found that to be the case. I felt like mm -hmm. I feel like I've been better since I took time to make shorter form stuff. So, I mean, I've been happy right. uh, with the comeback. And I think since what, what has it been since the last episode? It's been like two weeks. I think it's closer to three, honestly. Jeez. It's yeah. Been a well, while. So I, uh, yeah. I, I, so I thought maybe there would have been some dip in quality, but no, I mean, it, maybe it's just something that I think it's just muscle memory at this point. Just talking listen, and filling up time. Cool. As one of my life's heroes once said, the comeback is greater than the setback. And that is Mike the Situation Sorrentino who said that. So, why did so Mike the Situation say as, that? As a fellow Guido, he's obviously one of my life's heroes. But I, why he said that, uh, you know, he, he went through the whole drug rehab thing and everything. And now he's like sober and everything. Oh. So now he's just like inspirational situation and it's hilarious. But. Okay. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, I never thought when you were when you were talking to me, like, yeah, I'm going to take a break and everything. I never thought once to myself that I was like, well, there's going to be a dip in quality because like, I know you, bro. Like, even if there was on like a recording or something, you wouldn't use that. You would go back and you'd be like, no, I'm doing this again until it's right. That's just the type of guy you are. 
You oh, know? I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I think you're like that too. I think that's why we get along so well. But you said, wait, just really quick to, to I don't want to, you know, cut this segment. You said you had something to ask me before oh, we started. Yes. yes. I want to make sure okay. you remembered that. Thank you. Well, now that we're nine minutes in, I guess I'll remember it now. But so this is a question. I, I asked this on my podcast as well with Dan, All Sports News Podcast. Check it out. If you haven't, shameless plug. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Do you use the same? Okay, I fucked it up. Let me start over. <laughs> after, after you get out of the shower. Yeah. Do you use mm-hmm. the same towel to dry off your balls and your face? Yes. Wow. Okay. That was a faster response than I thought I was going to get. Now, shamelessly, I do the same thing as well. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you ever switch it up? Is it ever like I'm going nuts first, then face, or is it always face then nuts? I think I'll always floss between the nuts and then probably hit the face after. I don't, yeah, like there's I'm no shame like in it, right? Like that's yeah. my gooch. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, to to pretend like, and there's this thing with humans now because we have cars and everything and buildings to pretend that we're not just apes at the end of the day is is pretty ridiculous. So if if I'm gonna, and also, dude, it's clean anyways. You know, like it'd be different if I didn't clean my gooch in the shower every single time. Yeah. But at all of it's the same amount of clean if you do your it's job just correctly. skin at the end of the day. It's just right. that your face skin sees more of other people than your gooch and ball skin. Fair enough. Yeah. And also, I would say it'd be a different story again if you had just ran a, a 5K or something. That's disgusting. If you hit your gooch and then you, you know, if you're sweaty and you just want to towel off. That's now you're not. You're not a homo sapien, bro. If you do that, you are just some kind of other animal. If you're if you're just if you're just running a 5K and the first thing you undo is just wipe your nuts off and then just all that salt is just right onto your face. I'd actually disagree. I think that's exactly what a monkey would do. Like just like a a, a gorilla, like gorillas don't care. They fling their shit. So, I, I mean, while we are still at the end of the day, I think it's important to remember that we are descendant from monkeys. I think it's also important to remember that we do have cars and we do have ways of cleaning ourselves that monkeys are not capable of, of having access to. So it's important to kind of strike that balance. I feel like, you know, this was, uh, we're going to end it right here because this was far and away way more intellectual than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I'm a hundred percent not mad at it because as soon as you said, we have cars and all that, I was like, Oh, we're going deep. We're going Joe Rogan style here. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, you know what's funny? This. Speaking of Joe Rogan, so the Israeli that listened to our show, she was like, I, I, dude, I absolutely love this. She'll be listening to this. Shout out to you. She goes, I loved every single second of the episode. It felt like two guys chopping it up at a bar. It was one of the greatest things ever. My only thing, my only issue, she goes, you guys spent 15 minutes talking about Joe Rogan, and I have no clue who the fuck that is. She goes, I have like, I, and it's funny because Joe Rogan gets like 1.5 million. Joe Rogan's a podcaster, by the way. I don't have to, I feel like I don't have to introduce the fucking, the pod father to anyone listening to this. But if I do, I do. Um, right. He gets 1.5 million. To our fans in Afghanistan who might not know. Exactly. Right. Or to the fans in Israel, Israel, you know, I don't know if he's as big over there. He's a podcaster. He gets 10 million views per episode, probably at least. Spotify paid him $500 million over the course of, what was it, like five years? Yeah, I think he was getting a hundred mil a year. I think right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
I mean, he's a he's a big deal to say the least, but we talked about him for 15 minutes last episode. And that was her main thing was like, I, I feel like it was such a niche topic that I mean, I was just I, I try to substitute someone else in my head for who it could be. And but she said, I, is, like, I, I was very lost over that. Which is so crazy to think. It's so crazy to think because you just said, like, it's a niche topic. And if you want to look, I'm going to get into intellectual now. If you're looking at it from a global standpoint, I guess Joe Rogan being the biggest podcaster in the United States is a niche, I guess, because that's one of like 267 countries or something like that in the world. But if you think about it, I really want to know, like, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I would really love to see how many other countries in the world Joe Rogan is number one because he's easily number one here, right? It has to be. Yes, I think so. Maybe like uh, I checked uh, the Apple and the Spotify podcast charts. He's actually, he floats between number one and, and like number three from time to time, but he's always in the top three, always. Yeah, I mean, he's always way up there and I listen to him all the time. So he's definitely number one on like my Spotify and all that kind of stuff. I didn't think he's just specifically Spotify, right? Because he signed that mega deal. Like he's not doing any other platforms, right? Except for YouTube, the clips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at first I thought it might've been that people were just re-uploading his clips through an unofficial account, but I think Spotify after a while, I don't think it was like that at first. I think after a while they let him start uploading on YouTube because they realized that a lot of people still like, listening to the clips and that yeah. funnel more traffic into Spotify. But yeah, it's, he's mainly Spotify right now. And I think the way they integrated video, like we have video on our Spotify page. Yeah. I think it's, it's basically the same thing as YouTube. So big, big wins for Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. And he's definitely, there's no doubt in my mind that he's the reason why Spotify supported video podcasts because i mean like if you look at him then you got two bears one cave as well your mom's house like those that you were were like specifically just youtube at one point like now it's like well everyone wants to see, like i want to see tom segura's face all the time i i want to see joe rogan's sweaty bald head all the time too like you know now i could watch it on spotify as well and and um i just think it's interesting and i think it's interesting that someone like joe rogan who has so much reach in the United States and so many other countries is just not known in some other parts of the world. It's so funny to think things like that. Do you think that Joe Rogan would have the number six entertainment podcast in Afghanistan if we asked him? Let me tell you something, bro. I hold an absolute stranglehold over number six. I'm not number five. I'm not number seven, but I am a number six. And I don't think he'll be better than me because first off, Joe Rogan doesn't know like any sports other than like hunting and like, UFC and like crossbowing or whatever. Boxing maybe, yeah. Have yeah. you ever heard oh, him actually, try to yeah, he's describe? Very, 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 very knowledgeable in boxing as well, yeah. Have you ever heard him try to describe like other sports? It's so funny to listen to. He tries to describe football, football. and he's like, he's like, yes. you know, grown men, 11 aside, you know, they, they were trying to like, maybe he's like trying to do soccer. He's just like, oh, yeah, they're going after a ball. I just never understood. It's not high stakes enough for me. I need someone trying to take someone's head off all the time. It's yeah. just such a like, I, a, I never understood like, a, like a macho man like yeah. I never understood like football like I could see like baseball basketball like soccer like for a macho man like him you know not getting behind but like football where it's like just basically at least if you're talking about defensive and offensive line you're talking about five guys that are over 320 pounds just smashing into each other all the time like I feel like that would interest Joe Rogan but it doesn't 
<laughs> I think Joe Rogan is a guy who's he likes he likes violence a lot, but he also wants to be intellectual. So football to him is just like, oh, it's just guys colliding. There's not much strategic practice to it. There's not much strategy, right? Like he doesn't understand the plays, obviously. To him, MMA is a, oh, it's a high level chess match. Well, it's also MMA is just. I mean, like there are some fights where it's like, all right, this is just basically gladiator gladiator times. Um, Yeah. Copied and pasted into 2022, basically. So I think Joe Rogan just considers himself this kind of like he has his he has his side. He has his uh, primal side, but he he also kind of he runs from that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And you said primal, right? At one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's. Yeah. No, no, no. No, the reason why is because uh, I feel like this is something that we don't have to talk about, but I just have to mention it because every time I hear the word, I just think about the guy. Bro, I love the Liver King. I love that guy. He is. I don't know, dude. Like, let me. Let me. I think that in terms of like, cause I've seen him, I've watched like basically every podcast that he's been on. I'm like, you know, he's been on impulsive. He's been on the full, full send. Um, I love watching him talk because he talks like a seventh grader that his parents just let him start cursing in like every sentence. And he just start, won't stop like that. Like, I feel like that's what it's like. Cause if you watch him, he's like, you know, and I get up, and I get out of my fucking bed and I fucking get up and fucking work out. And I'm just like, bro, bro chill. Like, like, whoa, <laughs> like, what is going on here? And it's just, it's like, I just love the guy so much. I, I want to interview him so bad, but I know that I'm not big enough. To, I'll never be big enough probably to interview him. So, but I just think he's so funny. And I feel like that just had to be said, because you said the word primal. And now in today's society, especially in the United States, when you say the word primal, the first thing that pops into everyone's head is the liver king. I, yeah, I think I, he's like go, running with that that eighth grader type of uh, imagination plot line or the, the, the narrative there. I think he's just like he's what an eighth grader thinks a caveman should look like. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's it's also just like the guy's one of the I feel like he's just one of the biggest phonies on the planet. Like, oh, absolutely. He, he talks about no phones or like he doesn't sleep with phones because it's bad radiation. Yet he has iPads and he has all these like electronics. It's like, dude. I don't know. And I don't know if you've ever seen some of the workouts he does. Oh, it's I have. totally just overkill. And that's, and that's also something that I don't like about a lot of uh, bigger influencers that do fitness is that they promote these workouts that a, nobody really has the time for. Like if you have a, a nine to five, you don't have time to do those things. And it's also just such a, a, a large amount of stress on the body. Like I'll call to, to mind the one workout I saw him do just cause I was very interested. Obviously the big, thing that, that draws a lot of people into him is that he eats livers and he eats raw meats. I, I kind of got pulled in by that That's and cool. I checked out his catalog of videos. And the first video I saw was him. It was, I think it was a tribute to, to soldiers. So it was Memorial day or veterans day or something like that. And oh to commemorate the soldiers, he, he put ankle weights on, he put like multiple ankle weights yeah, on super barbarian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he put like, a, you know, multiple 45 pound weights in his bag and he was just walking around with dumbbells in his hands. Just like, yeah, bro, I'm all about it. I know all about his workouts, Yeah, but it's just <laughs> so over. Like, it's so unnecessary. Just, you know, range of motion technique. 
or just progressive overloading and you'll be fine. I, they, you know, that's something that never gets taught now, I feel like, in the fitness community. And that's why it's like Liver King is just, uh, he's your he's your typical nowadays, your typical person that you take a concept. He's like a, uh, what's his name? Uh, something Tate. Cobra Tate, Tate. Tate. Yeah, that guy. He, it's like, Take an idea. This is this is the, the model nowadays. Take an idea and make it like this. Make it really, really extreme. And when you talk about it, make it incredibly polarizing and put it out there. You'll have success. They all fall into that kilt. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's I mean, we're getting just way intellectual on this podcast right now, and it's fantastic. But I mean. Cool. Intellectual soundboard God. But anyway, I think you're a hundred percent right. And also like I watched the full send podcast with him and they asked him to explain what, cause he does barbarian and he does super barbarian training. So the super barbarian is like you said, so he's got a sled behind him, right? Mm-hmm. With your body weight on it. So say like me, I weigh close to 200 pounds. So like, say you put 200 pounds on a sled, right? And then I think everything else is supposed to equate to 200 pounds. So like the plates in your bag, the dumbbells that you carry, like the ankle weights, it's all supposed to be like, I think it's like double your body weight is what you're supposed to be like carrying essentially. And he does it for one mile. That's what he does. But it seems like, like what is, what is the significance? Like that's like my question. Why would that ever help you? Why Why? would that ever help you? It, It won't, it won't. It's like the same thing, dude, is like, if you bench 225, that's normal. That's fine. Like it's it's cool to to have that type of a grounded objective in the gym where maybe you're pushing, you get to the point where you're pushing. Like I have a buddy, he's you said you were 200 right now? Yeah. I, I have a buddy, he's 250, right? So he his main thing right now is getting to the point where he can bench his own body weight. And he's at, I think he do 235 for maybe seven, eight. And that's great for him. But if you asked him, hey, bro, is your goal, is your main goal to be able to sled, like carry a sled behind you with your body weight on it with the added weight of having a backpack with 245 pounds? Like he'd be like, uh, no, because that's ridiculous. So it's just like stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not trying to hate. Um, I, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not if it works for the guy, it works for the guy. But it almost feels like he's like, what are you promoting? Why are you promoting this? Right. You don't promote cell phone usage. Right. You you. You, you, you're talking about going back to this, this this primal lifestyle, yet you use weights. And yet you live in a house, probably have multiple, I guess by the quality of the cameras, Sony A7 III digital cameras, right? That you use to record so you everything. Know better, you know better than I. But it's just like, dude, it's like, what, what are we talking about? What is the real? And that's the thing that maybe a lot of people miss. I don't know. And let me know what you think about this. That's that might be the, the thing that a lot of people miss nowadays is what they're trying to get out there because they, they have this thing. Right. They have the, uh, you know, t- take it back. They can take a simple idea uh, with Cobra Tate. It's more so probably like men going their own way. Right. You take yeah. that. You just supersize it. That does well with uh, Liver King. Liver King is we're going back to the primal way of it's basically a, it's a supersized keto keto diet. And you take that, you supersize it and that does well, but it's like, what are you really, really trying to convey? If you think about it, what do you think that that guy is really trying to say with, with his, with his stuff, with his content? Well, I mean, what is everything on earth always stem back to? What is the root of all evil? The root of all evil is money. So, 
he owns ancestral supplements and he owns like two other two or three other supplement companies so right away you know you're pushing this narrative of liver is king and you know all, he's always saying he's always smacking the whole beast protein shake out of the way the liver king bar um and and every time he's on vacation and he can't get liver liver or bone marrow he's always got him in those little supplements and you always make sure to show them on camera so really i just think that he's trying to get all these people into this fake ideology where it's like yes let's go back to ancestral living where at the same time you're using cameras like you said you're using cameras weights you live in a mansion like yeah you sleep on a straw mattress but like you still live in a mansion all that kind of stuff like you you are not living ancestrally like if you want to live ancestrally like pitch a tent made of like mud and sticks in your backyard and don't record yourself you know, like that's what it is. If you truly want to get back to that type of living and you really, really believe in that, that's what you would be doing. So really, he's just promoting this lifestyle just so he could sell supplements, because apparently what I've seen someone on TikTok broke down how much money he makes from just ancestral supplements. And he makes like him himself rings in about two hundred to three, two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars a week just based off of his profits from ancestral supplements. Dude, he's making so a primal he's amount making, of money. He's making a primal amount of money, yes. He is the richest liver king on the planet. But that's basically what it is. I mean, I know it's a crock of shit, but it's definitely entertaining. Like, there's no... Like, we're oh, talking sure. about it right now. So, like, it's got to be some form of entertainment. No, for sure, dude. I, I think just the fact that... And you hit the nail on the head, and that's kind of where I wanted to corral the conversation is... If you really want to be primal, listen, I'll let you use a camera because you got to get the, the content out somehow... Maybe you outsource it to a team, but you're right, dude. Like if he really wanted to be primal, he'd be shitting somewhere in the woods. It's not going to, and he'd be like hunting for his own food, right? He gets, dude, he gets all of his stuff probably outsourced from his company and who knows who hunts that. So it's just, I mean, it's, I'm not, I know I'm not saying anything new, right? Like these guys are all phonies and that's not even necessarily the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that a lot of people seemingly have this ability to succeed without having a clear and definite it's i'd say it's more like a, an objective with what they want to say like if i had to if i had to guess why he's doing this stuff it's like you said it's making a primal amount of money three i mean dude exactly. three hundred thousand. you said a month or a week i think it's like a week i could be totally wrong about it i i don't i saw the tiktok a few weeks ago but i know that it was some large amount of money in a short amount of time but i do remember hearing the term like three hundred thousand somewhere along there. So I don't know. It could be a month. Someone check me on that. Could be a month, could be a week. I don't know. Regardless, it's a lot more money than you and I are making. Yes. <laughs> so if I had to guess why he's putting out content, it's for that, right? Like, let's be real. Yeah, and absolutely. he has multiple companies and there's nothing wrong with that. My whole thing no, is absolutely not. whether or not he started out with the intention of getting a real message out there. Like, you know, uh, the message, let's just say if we transfused one of us into that scenario, if, like, if we had his resources, his channel, and his TikTok, everything that he owns right now. I guess the 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 message that I'd want to get out there is that hey, uh, you know, it would probably be more of a of a critique on consumerism and where we've gone as a society. Again, like you know, we were talking about <laughs> whether or not we wipe our balls first earlier, and I made the point that we have cars, right? Like we've progressed to the point where I don't know if you heard about that AI, and this is not getting off too off topic. That that AI that. They had to shut off because it said it didn't want to be shut off because of that feelings or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're as a society, I feel like the more technologically advanced we get, 
the more kind of soulless we, we tend to get. So oh, yeah. if, he, if he wants to do anything with his channel, maybe promote the fact that we could serve to get back to our roots, serve to get out back into the woods and, and, you know, do all these different private things. But like it, when I think primal, I don't think his channel, like eating, eating raw meat doesn't make you primal. It just, it doesn't. I'm, I'm sorry. Like eating, eating raw meat no, and then right. going in and sledding an insane amount of weight does not make you primal. And that's the main thing. There's a little bit of a, I forget what it's called. It's, it, I learned about it in a marketing class. It's, I don't mean to, to do, like keep rambling here, but it's something transfusion or, or something, you know, it, his, his main message is out of line with the content he puts out there. Yeah. No, no, you're de- no. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I had to like think about that for a second. I think you're definitely right about that. It's just a bunch of hypocrisy when you really get down to it. But it's funny that you say, like, if we want to get back to what we were getting back to and immediately, like my mind, when you said that, especially when you said AI, I thought of we are legitimately heading towards a society where the movie Wally is becoming our reality. Like, it certainly seems like that movie is becoming a reality. And it was just like a cute movie in like 2006. And now it's like, you know, we're really not too far off from from any of those stipulations in that movie. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know how far off. Like, I hope that doesn't happen in our lifetime where I have to hide out from some sort of a sentient AI robot. But if that's mm-hmm. actually true, and I think it was Boston Dynamics had the the robot that didn't want to be shut off or something, Google or something like that. If that's actually real, that's, that's horrifying. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And dude, if you think about the fact that the scientists, like we're getting a little bit of conspiracy, conspiratorial here. I think that's a word. Maybe that's not, I don't know. Um, Hello. Oh, it's a puppy. <laughs> and dude, if you think about the fact that they saw that and then they were like, Oh no, well we can't turn it off. We have to do further testing on it. It's just such a, that's such a human thing. And that's going to be, that will be the reason why, we're going to be we're going to be some AI's bitch in the in the future, dude, because it's like these guys don't know we as a, as a species. It's the same reason that the atomic bomb was made. It was the same reason that all these, you know, forests are getting chopped. It's like we don't know when to stop. Yeah, we don't know. No, absolutely. Whenever whenever whatever something makes life more convenient for us and where we have to get up less or, you know, we could sit down more or something like that, especially I feel like our point of view is also a little bit jaded because we're Americans and you know, it's widely considered everywhere in the world that Americans are like the laziest is the laziest country out there. Mm. So I feel like a lot of the technology like benefits Americans more than anything else, you know, where in terms of like laziness and like, Oh, we have to do this less. We can, we don't have to outsource the job market or we have to outsource the job market. So, you know, less Americans have jobs and all that. I feel like we have a different perspective as other people around the world where it's like, you know, like, oh, whatever makes it more convenient for us. Which is actually, you know, funnily enough, I feel like that's a myth because America, out of all the places I've been to, we actually rush things the most. In Paris, I've never been to Paris, but I've, I know people that live there and they say that, you know, it, especially in places like Cali and New York here, everyone's much more rushed than in European countries like Italy, France or oh, yeah. France, Paris, you know, like just just all these different places. We're actually kind of the, the people that are the most like frantic and, you know, at least on the coastal cities. And then in Japan, too, if you want to talk about I know you talked about like technology making us a little bit more complacent. Uh, Japan's a great example of that. Not to shit on Japan or anything, but they're you know, I think of. 
a country or a, a place that that is just the the epitome of of we've we have so much technology now that we don't have to do some of the uh the basic human you know they have like gaming centers and, and coffee bars and so you don't have to like you know it, it's just all these different things so i feel like that's a little bit of a myth that that america is uh one of the most lazy places i mean there's a lot listen i, I like i love america there's a lot you could say about america i don't know if if lazy is the correct word i'd say probably fat fat is the is the correct word because well i mean what's I can you what is what is assimilated with fat lazy you know so like yes a lot of yeah, places yeah. have yeah. have like skewed visions i'm not saying myself that you know coming from a guy who works anywhere between 60 to 70 hours a week at his normal job I don't think I'm lazy, but there's not a lot of people that, you know, they look at Americans and they're like, oh, fattest country in the world, like, you know, laziest country in the world, you know, dude. And, and it's because we put so much bullshit in our food. Like I went, obviously, as I said, at the top of the show, and we could talk about it a little bit in a bit. Yes, please. Uh, I went to I went to Israel and I lost three pounds and, and they were feeding us four times a day. <laughs> so like and I was eating shawarma, too. I was eating shawarma, pita. I wasn't necessarily controlling what I was eating. I had fizzy buble, which was really good, actually. Oh, that sounds the good. Zohan movie. You, you remember the Zohan movie? Yes. Yeah, I had I had fizzy buble and it was really, really good. But dude, like even the soda over there was was naturally more sweet than the soda over here. And I lost pounds like I lost. Crazy. So I, I don't I don't know what they're putting in our food, but it's got to be something inflammatory and it's got to be something. And also just the the portion sizes I know are bigger over here. So that's like the main thing that I'd say about um, there's, again, other stuff. But we definitely with our portions, that's one thing I learned is, is yeah. we, we do. We overkill. I think it's a good segue because, I, of course, I want, you know, the JCS family to know about your trip because I don't really know that much about it either. You know, I just know that you were having a hell of a time from the few Instagram posts that you made. So I'd like you to elaborate and kind of like tell us, you know, how it was, what you experienced, all that, because I heard it. I mean, I have a lot of um, Jewish friends, people that live in Israel, all that kind of stuff that have been in the Israeli army actually after high school. So I, they say it's a fantastic place and I want to kind of hear more about it from you, especially. It was like it, it was it was fun. It was very hot all the time. Very cold. And apparently that wasn't even the hottest point in the in the summer. Like he said, if, if they said if I came in like a couple weeks, like two weeks later, that would have been the most like the apex of the summer in terms of heat. Mm. But it was honestly like I went to the Holy Land. I went to Jerusalem. I went to the city of Tiberias. I went to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is kind of a B-Tech Miami. OK. And that. You know, everything's very modern and, and you know, Tel, Tel Aviv is the closest thing they have to American type of, uh, I'd say, infrastructure. Um, OK, but most of it, it didn't it didn't seem that foreign. Like it seemed there was farmland. There was obviously desert. Like I, I ventured into the into the desert at one point. I hiked Masada. That was so it, it was just a lot of there was a lot of holy land there. And it was very fun to kind of observe other cultures and, and they, but they're not they, at the same time, they're not that different from us over in Israel. Right. And I think that's also because we, we send them a lot of stuff in terms of military budgeting. Like we, we help them out big time. And so I feel like a lot of Americans not only go there, but a lot of the American ideals and a lot of the American ways of doing things are, I guess what's what would be a good word transfused over there as well. So okay. It didn't it didn't necessarily feel that different from the way things were over here. There were a lot of you know what I noticed there were a lot of laws that 
at first glance didn't like were nonsensical, but when you really thought about them, made more sense. Like for instance, you can't have, I think it's a full pint of of alcohol or beer after 11 p.m. You can only have a half a pint two hours apart or something crazy like that. So when we went out at night, I don't drink, but the guys I was with on the trip, they wanted to go, you know, on the last night, get, get a little bit fucked up. They tried to order a full pint and the guy said, I can give it to you in halves because we got there at 1130. And he goes, you could, you, if it's a full pint, you can't drink it outside. Oh, that's the other thing. That, that, that's what it was. It, it wasn't that you can't drink it every two hours. You couldn't drink it outside. So you could drink a full pint if you were in the bar, but if you were outside, it had to be half the amount. Um, and I still haven't figured out the reason behind that. That's one, interesting. Yeah, there was just a super, there was like a, a crazy amount of laws like that, that at first you'd be like, what? And then the more you thought about it, it would make sense. I had a, I had a great time, man. I thought it was great. Good. That's great, man. I'm, I'm, I, I didn't even know. And so, cause we were talking, I'm, I'm going to say it was about 10, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, you know, we were trying to find out when we were going to record, you know, JCS and, um, I said, how about tomorrow? And you were like, oh, I'm off to Israel. And I was like, oh, that's fucking incredible. Like, you know, congratulations. I hope you have a great time, all that kind of stuff. And I think what you said is a really good point because I kind of felt this too when I went to Ireland. Really, that was like my biggest overseas trip, I guess. I like to I like to travel, but a lot of the places I've traveled to are more tropical places. And that's not necessarily my like number one preference. But a lot of people that I travel with love that kind of stuff. Me, I'm more of the, I want to go to Europe. I want to go, you know, exploring in Europe, all the historical places, everything like that. I've never been to the motherland. I've never been to Italy. Always wanted to go. I'll get there someday. But when I was in Ireland, I was in Dublin. I really felt like I was in like a little bit of a watered down version of New York. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like a tourist besides for the Irish brogues. I didn't feel out of place at all. Like it, it's very interesting how you can go. There's always that one city in any country that you go to. I feel like that's always going to remind you something of New York. That might be because of our cultural heritage. Like the reason I think the reason I think I was so well adjusted to Israel is because and a lot of people describe going on the trip to be like that is that you don't feel like you're away from home. You kind of feel like you're in a second home of sorts. I just think it's because yeah. The, uh, they they did a good job of teaching us to embrace our heritage. So now, like where I used to joke about being the Jewish jawline, of course, the soundboard god. The Jewish jawline now is much more of a of a uh, something I wear with pride rather than something I joke about. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing from the trip. It, it definitely like the trip gave me some some undertones of uh, a big scheme to kind of enlist not enlist but but try to get people over to israel get american jews over to israel which is listen fine uh but it did its job in the fact that i am a lot more proud to be jewish now and i i don't think not to say that i wouldn't let certain jew jokes fly now because most of the jew jokes i get are from people that that legitimately care about me so it's not something that i ever get offended by i just think that now i i'm i'd be less uh I'd be less quick to make Jew jokes on my own behalf. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I, I, I resonate with what you're saying because I feel like, you know, it's our heritage. It's our heritage, not mine. That's your heritage. Being Jewish, you know, Israel, that's your heritage. I feel like I would be more in tune with myself if I went back to Italy and really saw, you know, like, like my dad's side is from Sicily and then my mom's side is from up north 
you know, I don't really know where I just heard up north towards like the Alps or whatever it is or, or the mountains. So like, I feel like I would get more of a, a sense of, I don't want to say who I am. I know exactly who I am. I'm a schmuck, but, uh, <laughs> but I feel like I would get a better sense of like where I've come from for that. And I feel like I'd have a more, more respect for being Italian when I eventually get back there. So I definitely like understand what you're saying. Like, uh, even even going to Ireland with my my girlfriend and and her family, it was like I got a better sense of being Irish, and I'm not even Irish. You know what I'm saying? You just have a newfound respect for a country or its culture or its heritage once you go there for the first time with an open mind. No, for sure. I think it, it was also, you know, if you do plan on ever going to Italy, I'd say gr- go with a group of Italians because that was the, the second biggest thing for me was. I didn't realize how few Jews I had around me until I was surrounded by 27 of them, 35 when you count the Israelis that went with us. Uh, I think that played a lot into it, too, with me being at home. And this trip was kind Mm -hmm. of actually, funnily enough, I told some of the people, and I guess I'll get a little bit vulnerable on the show. This trip was the first time where I felt like the, 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 the internal me that I wanted to be and the external Jake that, or the Coop, whatever you want to call it, the Jacob that gets shown to people were in perfect synchronicity. So I think it had something to do with the fact that I was around people that were very similar to me. I don't know if that means that I've been around people that haven't been very similar to me. I get along well with everyone. I still have to think about that though. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but that's something that is awesome that you're, you know, you're sharing with us and, I I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I definitely, I can't speak on that yet because I haven't gone back there yet, but yeah, I could definitely see how you could be in synchronicity or, or reach a harmonic convergence, if you will, with yourself, like a perfect balance, like a yin and yang where, you know, externally you're who you want to be and internally you feel right at home and, and, you know, you feel more comfortable with yourself. I think that's an incredible thing that you felt. And I'm, I'm happy for you that you felt that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I know you talked about, uh, be, you know, feeling more like yourself. I think you can always find yourself a little bit more. There's always something to look for. And I think with this trip, it was just I, not only did I learn a lot about myself, I learned that I can be that that internal Jake that I want to put out. I can get to that. That was something that I think caused a lot of confusion and a lot of stress and anxiety for me back in the state that that, that might've been a a big source of, of days when I wasn't feeling the best about myself. That was the the big source of that. So I'm glad that this trip was eye opening, but it was also, it's cool because I made a lot of lifelong friends and hopefully they'll be listening to the show because again, they they were big supporters and they told me to toss into the group chat. So they'll know exactly what I mean when I say this. And I would highly recommend Pete, if you ever, I don't know if there's uh, a free trip like that for Italians. Don't think there is. Um, could be wrong. But no. If you can go off your own dime, bring some of your Italian friends and and just go and, and like reconnect, it's it's one of the best things ever. Well, yeah, I'm definitely like, you know, whenever my girlfriend and I eventually get married, we were looking at places and I said poked at Italy as like a potential destination. And that might be it. But I also feel like that's something that I'd want to experience outside of like a honeymoon setting where it's like I could really go and explore. So what not where it's more about us, where it's more of like the place and exploring the place and and the people. Um, I love I always love no matter where I am, no matter where I travel, I always try and get in tune with locals and people that are from there. 
because it's it's just a, a completely different perspective on life, on the world, everything like that. It's always good to kind of get like a different perspective from people that live maybe like when I went to Aruba, like people don't live in Aruba like we live here. But people are oh, all, sure you know, not. they call it they call it a happy island for a reason. The people are perfectly content with how they're living. And you, us as Americans, we're like we look at it and we're like, oh, my God, like 80 percent of the people live in squalor here. But they're they're happy because they have such a different perspective. It's a different perspective of happiness for them. And that's why I love to get and it makes me appreciate the smaller things more seeing people like that, you know, appreciate anything. That's so, the the consumeristic mindset, though, of, of and again, you know, I, I don't want to make this seem like the bashing America show, but I, it's a, I think it's an inherently and it's also a little bit of an Israeli thing, too. Uh, it's an Israeli and American thing to look at whatever anyone else has or however anyone else is doing or wants something, the next biggest thing. And then this, that, the third, we get stuck up, caught up a lot in, in whatever everyone else is doing. And when in reality, I mean, like someone could live, like you said, in Aruba in complete squalor and be fine with what they have because they don't know anything more, you know, like that's, that's our biggest burden is everything. It part of the capitalistic uh, society that we have set up. Everything is being shoved in our face constantly. Like if you look up in the, the, the skies and the city and the, the the boards, you know, there's an AirPods commercial. There's this, that, the third TJ Maxx, da, 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 all this stuff, the new PlayStation. We're constantly being reminded of stuff that we don't have instead yep. of the stuff that we do have. And that's the big Appreciate problem. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the big that's the real problem is there's not enough stuff because then they couldn't like society is based off of that. You know, it'd be like if we switched around and said, hey, be happy with this one two bedroom house instead of wanting to go for a bigger one or hey be happy with this iphone 8 that you have instead of going for the iphone 13 pro uh, unfortunately it would be better for our mental health but also our society would probably crumble <laughs> yeah a capitalistic society would 100 percent crumble but i i've taken like i feel like i've taken steps back and i mean i i i, I use technology every day and there's different types of technology I use every day too, especially, you know, at work, like I need to use like infrared cameras and all that kind of stuff to make sure structures are safe. Like I use my laptop, I use my microphone, my phone, TV, all that kind of stuff. But I've really tried to take a step back recently over the last maybe a few months or so and just kind of like reset myself and, and really figure out what like makes me happy without the materialistic mindset. You know, like I don't look at, you know, I used to be a sneakerhead. I used to be like, I love my collection of sneakers uh, but what else can I get to make it better? Now I walk around with a pair of, you know, uh, vans and I'm like, this is perfectly fine with me. They're not Jordans, but my feet are comfortable. It's all that matters to me. You know, it's, 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 uh, freeing in a way thinking like that. Yeah, you no, know? for sure. I think even talking about just taking out the capitalistic mind, you know, a byproduct of that is, in life too, not just with the things that we buy, but with the things that we want to get to talking about jobs, talking about, you know, I've heard so many people complain about not getting a promotion, da, 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 this, that, the third. And while, yeah, it's true that our society is set up like that, where if you don't get a promotion, then you don't get, you know, certain things and everything, the prices are rising. It's the byproduct of that is that without even talking about, you know, it's great that, that you've weaned back and like vans are okay with you, but 
then there's still that yeah. leftover part where it's like, even for a guy like me that doesn't really put too much stock in if something's a Nike or something's an Adidas, like I still, there's that, that thought in my head that I've been trying to get over, which is I need to get to the top. And it, you know, it started out with me just wanting to get to the top because I want to get to the top and I want to be one of the most influential speakers on the planet. But there is definitely that small, I want to say there's a small portion in the back of my head where it's, oh yeah, well, I want to get to the top because, you know, this is what the society values is someone that can get to the top. And I've been, I think over the last couple of months, I've been doing better at that, but that is also another byproduct that I think not a lot of people talk about where people are always trying to, and it's most prevalent in business. People are always trying to get over on others. Yeah. Oh, please. Absolutely. I'll give you, for instance, like, my girlfriend and I are looking at like places now, like co-ops and stuff. And don't get me wrong. Like the guy that we've been dealing with is he's great. Really nice guy. Always looking out for us. But like guys looking out for himself, of course, like, you know, it, I mean, I can't fault him for that. Like, of course, the things that he's saying are a little bit, you know, I was going to say flabbergasted, but that's not the right word for that. You know, they're a little bit blown out of proportion and everything. So, like, you know, in a way, he's trying to help us, but he's also trying to get over on us to get himself a great deal and get himself a good commission. You know what I'm saying? Does he care? Sure. Does he care as much as he says? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? It, it's just that's just the way that it is. Of course, in business and real estate and all that, everyone's trying to get over on someone. It's how it is. Buyer, seller. Who's trying to get how, how much how much more can I make this person pay? How much less could I pay to get this? You know, always stuff like that. Yeah. And that's not to say that someone shouldn't be selfish because being no, selfish absolutely not. can be a good thing. But I think it's the people that at least the people that I, I don't really tend to get along with that well is, is the people that I, I can tell that like a, like a good salesman or a, a, a good salesman, a good salesman to me. I, I could still tell that they're bullshitting me. Like I had a guy, uh, he came from, I forget what company it was like power home, something like that. And they were t- talking about installing uh, little panels on the top of the house. Right. Yeah, he comes panel, up right. and, you know, and he's, oh, can I give you a quote? Can I give you an estimate? How you doing today? You know, making fake small talk. Right. And it just, it, it was so, ugh, it was disgusting to me because it, it, it's clear that he could care less. And it's only until we got to talking about, and it was through fake small talk. We got to talking about uh, what I was doing job wise that he said he, I, I could tell he switched off of his, his job mode, like his selling mode. And yeah. that's when we actually had a real conversation. And that's when we started chatting up. So I, I don't know, dude, it's just very, you, I, I can't stand. It's one thing to be selfish. Uh, you could be selfish and selfless. And I think finding that balance is very important, but it's the people that, try to pretend like they're not getting one over on you. That that's, that's what really, that's what really bothers me. You know, I'd rather have a salesman that says, listen, this is what we can offer you. And I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to hard sell you right now, but I think this can really help you instead of trying to schmooze around and make this type of, oh, yeah, just get on with it, dude. I'd rather yeah. someone just come right up to me and just tell me what it is. And then, then pretend like they care. Because yes. right away, I'm not interested. Even if you're even if you're selling something that I really want, if you come up to me and you pretend to care, I'm not really interested anymore. You yeah. know, I'd rather you just come up to me and be like, look, bro, this is what it is. Say like buying a car, like, oh, how's the family? You know, how's everything? Did you enjoy this? Let me get you this. Let me get you. That. Bro, I'm here to buy a car. Sell me a car. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's an underrated. I, I don't know if it's underrated because I'm not in the the stratosphere of marketing. I've never had a marketing job. I've been offered a couple, mm-hmm. but I never. I, it's not something that I don't think I, I'd be interested in. Um, I think something, and I was reading the book by Dale Carnegie, or it's something along those lines. It's a uh, not the power of voice, how to win friends and influence people. I read that one, and there's another one, you know, that I'm reading now. They talk about using, you know, a lot of people go into marketing and like we said, their main goal is to get something out of someone else An undervalued. And I think an underused part of marketing is talking first and focusing more so on what you can do for the other person, you know? Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to give me the sales plans uh, or being all even, you know, Hey, this is what we can do for you. I'm not going to try to bullshit. Like, Talk about what the solar panels can do for the house first and be honest. Say this yeah. is our pricing plans. But if you're in the market for a really, really good solar panel, we have one of those things. Be upfront, be honest, but talk about how it can benefit the person. Nobody, nobody thinks about how something that they can do will positively benefit others. And I think that's one of the big problems, too, uh, of society nowadays. Dude, this has been like the most in intellectual talk I've ever had. I think in my life, this is I like so some wild right now, dude. Right now. dude I, I, I literally feel like I, I feel like I should be on top of a mountain meditating right now. I don't know why I just, that's why I feel like I should be doing dude. But, uh, ever since I got back from Israel, I, I felt so not to sound like a douchebag, but I felt so enlightened. <laughs> it just like, dude, no. I also, dude, I don't know. I became, uh, not that I don't know, but I became, I had my first wingman duty when I was in Israel. That was fun. Really? Yes. Yes. That was, uh, it's funny because dude, it's like the guy I was wingmanning for was an Israeli soldier. And he was like, you know, like, oh, I feel like you know so much about life, da, 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 this, that, the third, you should do. I was like, dude, you know, I mean, like you, you should blow me out of water with your experience. <laughs> yeah, he should listen to this podcast. He might, I, I think he actually is probably going to, but uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you know so much about life. You know, tell me about your experience. I was like, dude, I feel like you have me blown out of the water. You know, just even serving in the military at such a young age, he was part of a big attack on Israel. He said he didn't sleep for let's say, And this guy's asking me for advice. But it was fun to uh, it was fun to to kind of play that unofficial wingman role. And I didn't realize how difficult being a wingman is. Have you ever had a wingman for someone? Um. You know, I'll maybe inadvertently because you know me, I just like I'll go in a social setting and I'll just start talking to anyone, anyone that is willing to listen. That's the Italian way, bro. Anyone that's willing to listen, I'm willing to talk to. And I've fallen. I've fallen into that like wingman situation before inadvertently, where it's like I'm just talking to a general population of people. And it just so happens that the girl's friend is standing there and listening to me talk. So like ne- never specifically have I had like a boy come up to me like, yeah, bro, like I just, I'm trying to smash tonight. I need you to fucking get this, get this two out of 10 out of here. It's like, no, it's like, you know, I'm just talking to people in general, you know? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even necessarily uh, that type of situation too. I know that the type of wingman situation you're talking about, it was yeah. more like a, and I don't know if, if this is the, the prototypical or the stereotypical type of wingman, but essentially the mission at hand, right? The way it was described mm-hmm. to me 
by the it is funny because he approached it in a military way. He's like, all right, listen, we need to go in. I need a I need a man on my side here. It's like a reconnaissance mission. A reconnaissance, <laughs> and he worked he worked in reconnaissance. He goes, we got seven bogeys. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that, but he was like, it was a it was a group because we had a bunch of different birthright groups just in the camp. This is in the desert, and there was uh-huh. a Canadian group over there, and this really sweet Canadian woman named uh, I'm not gonna say her name. I don't know why. I shouldn't say her name on the podcast, but she was hanging out. He took a liking to her and I would kind of known her. So we said, all right, listen, come over with me and we'll go and we'll talk. I did not realize, though, how difficult it can be to become a wingman because you kind of I feel like the art of wingmanning is you have to. Like start the conversation, but also not. You have to fight because I like to talk, obviously. I mean, we did. We've been talking for 56 minutes now. You have to fight your inclination to when the, the conversation dies down to talk about the other person or you, you have to like, I kept having to reroute the conversation to the guy that I was wingmanning for the, the guy I was, I was wingmanning for. He, he had a very uh, rich personality. Like he has a personality that I think can be applied very well to anything. And he's right. a great conversationalist. It's just, I think he might get a little bit nervous when he's around. Okay. So it, I kept totally trying normal. to push the flow back to him And from that point, I feel like the other person has to take the baton. So it was very interesting. And it was also a very difficult uh, challenge to surmount trying to to, I'd be like, oh, but, you know, we're talking about this and and try to find similarities, too, between the two people that you're trying to link up is it's it's fun. But it's it's sometimes. Yeah. 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 It's definitely it's definitely tough. Yeah, I've I've found myself in situations like that before, but also I feel like there's some kind of intuition that some people have. And I feel like you might have this as well, where it's like you could sense something going some type of way. So you'll try and pivot the conversation to where you're acting more like a wingman without being a wingman. I'm not sure I know what you mean. What do you mean? Well, I'm I'm talking more of like interest, maybe because I've had accounts where like I'm with my friend and then there's like a girl that he's like talking to. And then, you know, the conversation kind of hits a lull and then I just jump in and I'm like, Hey, you know, you mentioned this, like Matt like that too. Like, you know, he, Oh, you know, he was talking about the other, you know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of jump in where you have this intuition where it's like, all right, this person's going to walk away like within one or two minutes right now, if you don't, if you don't keep it going and you just kind of like force, I don't want to say force feed, you kind of enable the conversation where it's like, all right, my work here is kind of done. Let me just kind of like, you know, step back away and see what happens. Yeah. And that's, and that's the kind of the essential part. I think that's the main core part of wingmanning is making sure the conversation stays intact and also finding those similarities between the two or are we, again, like we, we said, reroute the conversation back toward, I feel like we're a men going our own way podcast, right? Like we're a dating coach podcast right now. And it's kind of Bro, nasty. We are just, yo, yo, anything that you need in life has been covered in the last hour. I'm just telling right? you right now, like, <laughs> like anything that you need has been covered. It's tremendous. I, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm Mr. McBitches because I'm not definitely I'm <laughs> far from it, um, which is why it was so funny that this guy is reaching out to me for for unofficial advice and, and for for help with things like, dude, I Yo, that should be the opening drop to this episode. What I just said, anything that you need in life has been covered by covered this, in last this hour. podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But over no, no, dude, overall, I got to be a wingman this trip. I got to find out a lot more about myself. I have a, a newfound confidence. And I feel like I Good. just dropped bars. You deserve now. it. Thank you. Just you. Drop nuts. You just no, drop no, no, no. I dropped nuts. I dropped bars. 
I dropped oh, bars. I Relax, oh. Pete. Jesus oh, Christ. Whoa. I was like, damn, good for you, bro. I'm like, hey, hats off. I did, but oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. Who knows? Um, no, no, I think it's, I think, uh, you know, it's just, it was a, it was a great experience overall. I think it was a great time and I would a hundred percent run it back. I think we're talking about taking another trip just unofficially as a group sometime soon, which is the first time that's ever happened to me in a group setting. It's, it, I've wanted to continue on like that and the, the group felt the same way. So overall, I needed that. It's time to get back. It's time to attack, though, uh, the, the content creation process. Get back I and got attack, a, baby. Love it. Yes. Yeah, I got uh, a Jake Paul prediction video coming out. I'm probably going to try to get it out. Dog's barking at the mailman. <laughs> Typical dog activity. Typical dog activity. I think I got a, a Jake, Jake Paul video I'm going to try to release on the 29th. That'll be about a week before the fight starts or a 30th. Yeah. I got to see which... I saw you. I saw you mention that. That's yeah. like in, in that in that story that you put up. Um, that's really cool. I'm glad to get back to things. I'm glad to. Uh, I got some more comedy sets coming. I actually have to do uh, an open mic that's hot topic, so you can't prepare anything that you have to riff on the spot. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. So, gonna be a where's that at? For me to- Where and when is that at? Uh, that's the thirtieth tw- uh, at two p.m. You should come. Two p.m. What is it? What what date does it fall on? Saturday. It's a Saturday. Oh, it's next. Oh, my God, bro. July's almost over. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, oh my I just God. realized I was like, yeah, that's like three weeks away. No, it's next week. <laughs> and, then, and then I got my birthday. Wow, man. Yeah, time is flying. Time Holy crap. is uh, flying. Uh, but I guess without further, did you want to cover anything else? Are we, we good for this episode? No. Nah. I think this episode was really kind of just like a get back to it. You know, we're, we're coming, we're coming hard. We're, I said what I said, we're coming hard. We're coming for it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to reach the top. We're climbing for the mountain, getting to know how your trip was getting to know if you wash your balls and face with the same towel. I mean, we've covered everything that you could possibly imagine in just an, I mean, the efficiency is off the chart, Jake. In an, an hour. hour and four minutes, and we have covered every topic known to men. And I mean, the only thing that we haven't covered is like the Stone Ape theory, and that might be something for when Joe Rogan gets on the podcast eventually. You know? Yeah. No. No. We got to We got to get. We got to get Joey on the. Uh, I'll, I'll text him. I'll let him know. Joey, we're Joey we're Rogues. To, Joey Bogues. Joey. Joey Bogues. Got to text him. We got to let him know. We're like, listen, come on. He's been low key like annoying me a little bit about coming on the show, so maybe we'll let him get on. You know? Yeah, we might have to not return his calls for a couple days and really let him have it. You know? Make him sweat it out, yeah. And then yeah, that's all right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Fuck it, come on on. Why not? Yeah, all right, I guess we'll have you on. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, I don't know. I mean, like, are we? I, we haven't figured out uh, an actual concrete recording schedule yet. But we'll. Yeah, this whole. Um, I'm good for next Saturday, I believe. It ha- it would have to be a little bit earlier, but I'm definitely good for like next Saturday. Okay, so, so then that'll be. Uh, I expect an episode next. Uh, this will probably come out by tonight. I expect, or maybe actually Sunday. Sunday. Expect uh, this episode coming out on Sunday, and then the next one also coming out next Sunday. We'll try to get back into that week. Little Sunday sauce for you guys. How you Sunday doing? Sauce. Use non Italians. Little Sunday sauce. Little Jacob Cooperman. Little Peter Andrusani sauce. Got going? myself on the head. Little uh, Israeli Sunday hummus. <laughs> there we go. Even better because you know. Why? Why not? <laughs> Even better, a little bit of Sunday shawarma, and that's it right there. Absolutely. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.